0: And now, with sound investing, here's Paul Merriman. As I'm sure, most of you know that November 29th 2022 is giving Tuesday. This is a day where nonprofits all over the globe are opening their doors for contributions. Uh, and uh, And I got to tell you, it's a very difficult thing for me to do. Uh, First of all, to ask people to give um, money to our organization. And by the way, there are many other ways people can help us, whether it is uh, forwarding articles or podcasts or videos or liking the work that we do or, or subscribing or sharing with family members and Uh, maybe forwarding a book that we've written to help others in your family, Uh, introducing us to a teacher where I might be able to go teach uh, online to the students, whether they're high school students or university students. Uh, There are just lots of things that you can do. But some people, fortunately for us, are willing to make contributions and help us financially. But the reason it's hard for me to ask is because I never thought I would be asking. Uh, I made a promise to my wife when I retired. I told her, I promised her and I have not I have not broken my promise that I would never work for money again uh, and she laughingly says, and I thought that meant he was going to quit working. No, I never quit working. As a matter of fact, in in December of 2012, uh, I uh, sold my ownership in the investment advisory firm I had started in 1983, and, uh, and literally weeks before that, I established formally the Merriman Financial Education Foundation. And so the intent was for me to put enough money into the foundation that I would never have to put any more in. I would never have to ask for money because there would be plenty. And one of the reasons it looked like there would be plenty is because I wasn't going to do very much. I did not have a plan for what this organization turned out to be. And the plan at that point was that along with the help uh, of Asha Griffin, who I had met in San Miguel at a a book writer's conference, uh, I had met her because I took a class on how to self-publish, and then she helped me self-publish. I had no idea I was about to have a, a relationship with this wonderful lady for the next 10 years of my life, and she's still here working um, every week with us. Uh, she's part-time, but she's here available whenever I've called. Uh, Asha has, uh, has gotten back to me in short order. So it was simply a matter of producing three books, which we did, First-time investor, grow and protect your money. A second book, Hundred and One Investment Decisions," guaranteed to change your financial future. And the third book, uh, and the most popular book I've I, I realized I just found out recently, is "Get Smart or Get Screwed: How to Select the Best and Get Your Most Get the Most from Your Financial Advisor." What happened then is I had an invitation to write. Uh, at uh, at at market watch at about the same time as I was retiring they opened up a special page f- and it was called retire mentors and the purpose of the page was to have people in the industry mentor investors as opposed to either sell or or to be a j- journalist none of us were professional journalists we were we were just People who knew a lot about investing. So many of the people uh, that uh, that I know uh, were writing columns, and and for whatever reason, after some years of doing that, uh, they closed that page down. They still have a retirement page, and I was asked to continue writing. And by the way, I don't get paid a penny for the articles I I write at uh, at Market Watch, uh, so I have. Again, kept my promise to my wife. Now, why do, did I put a million dollars into the foundation when I opened it? Well, I wanted to endow a class at Western. A class at de- Western Washington University, my alma mater. A class that was devoted to personal investing, not personal finance, where you get into all the different topics that might have to do uh, with money, which they already had one of those. I wanted a class that focused on the process of investing, believing that that should not be an hour or two of a, of a class, that there's more to learn than a couple of hours that you might get in the personal finance class, and so Western agreed to to provide this class. I agreed to provide uh, money for that class. And and uh, uh, in the beginning, I believe I was yes, it was forty thousand dollars a year, and it was taught uh, three quarters uh, a class online as well as a class in person. So. That money, of course, if you've been involved in these kind of projects, that money went to hire a professor to teach the class. Why didn't I just turn the money over to them and and make it an endowment with that money coming out every year and under their control? It isn't that I didn't trust them, but I wanted to make sure that the class that was being taught was the class that, that I pictured. I did not want it to be a class that simply said things like, there are load funds and there are no load funds, and here's what a load fund is, and here's what a no load fund is, and to explain the difference. I wanted a class that would take a position and and make sure that young investor knew the difference between a load and a no-load fund, with the express purpose of making sure that young person would never, ever put money into a load fund. And it was, not, uh, it was not investing in individual stocks. I didn't even want the students to know what a P.E. ratio was because I didn't believe that that was necessary to being a good investor. They would know what a target date fund is. They know it well. Now they know about building portfolios of equity asset classes they know all the stuff that 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 i preach here on the on our website so i still intend at some day to make sure that after i'm gone that there is money to support that class the exciting thing there is i'm now working with them and I'm giving them a the little more money than I did before. I'm working with them to provide a program that every student who comes through Western, and they have, uh, I think, 15,000 plus students right now that will start with a freshman class and all the freshmen, they'll get, they'll get exposure to different topics having to do to make them financially literate. And of course, the investing is a part Of that, so I'm very excited about that project. Something that I wish uh, every college university would uh, and university would have. But then, of to to grow outside of the Western situation, uh, I needed some money to 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 take out money in order to support uh, the people like Asia and Margie uh, and Renee. Uh, people who are working not full time all of them part time but helping to get our information out to the public and And I started putting more money in in fact, I now put in anywhere between fifty to eighty thousand dollars a year. Uh, on on top of the money that we take out of the foundation to uh, to meet our our obligations, so I am spending a lot more money because we're educating a lot more people than I ever expected. I did not expect to have uh, an article that was reaching uh, over a million opens a year. Uh, our 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 podcasts are over a half a million opens a year. Now, sometimes those numbers get uh, uh, skewed because we'll have uh, a podcast or an article that just gets overwhelming a response. We have, I think, had uh, almost nine hundred thousand uh, opens on a podcast that addresses uh, the number one reason uh, to own index funds. So it's in, in some cases it's way more than a million opens on the articles. If we, if we have a couple of big winners during the year, but we write about 25 articles. We also write articles for AAII. Uh, we'll do three this next year. We'll do 25 articles for, for, um, for Market Watch, uh, and and then we'll do a podcast a week, and and by the way, um, we have every month one of those podcasts will be dedicated to questions and and, and answer sessions. Working with Daryl and Chris, uh, they have developed a huge following. Now, now when I say huge, I have no idea what the number is, but I get a lot of emails from people. Noting how helpful those conversations are uh, that that we have, but last year we had donations of about fifty thousand dollars, little over fifty thousand, not counting the money that I put in, uh, and that was that was helpful, and and in fact uh, the, the 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 foundation's base now is able to help support. Uh, over a uh, hundred and twenty-five thousand dollars a year in total expenses. I do not get a penny. I only get the only money that ever uh, that I ever get, and this would be true of Chris and Daryl, certainly, because they also are volunteering their time. But if Chris has to go someplace or buy a piece of equipment in order to support his work here on, on the foundation, for the foundation. Then I insist that, that, uh, that we pay for that, and, uh, and uh, I will be traveling some next year. Next year, I am speaking at the Boglehead Conference, and so I, I will be compensated, reimbursed for, for, my, uh, for my travel. And uh, uh, and and so it is uh, with this in mind that I that I ask for your support. Uh, we get we have a lot of people who who give ten and twenty five dollars. We have people who give us thousands of dollars, and uh, we have people who give us money uh, every every month. We have one fellow who gives us fifty dollars every month, and all of this is being put to work. Uh, to to help our educational outreach uh, get better, uh, I am I am so enthused just recently, and I've talked about this, I'm sure, but I had the po- the the, op- the opportunity to speak to a group of engineering students at Rutgers. Uh, we're going to play that uh, that that presentation in the coming weeks, but. These were honor students in the engineering department at Rutgers. There were a hundred and fifty-four uh, students who attended. Every one of them responded and gave me an idea. Of what of the information that I taught them, and I and I spoke to them rapid fire for uh, for ninety minutes. And I'm going to do a special podcast to answer all of their questions. I promised them I would do that, so you'll have a chance to hear the kind of questions these students had, and and they really are very good questions. But it made me realize I, I never thought of engineers as being a, a prime student for us, and, uh, and and there's a couple of reasons why that is so, but I do know from my experience when I was building my company and I was giving free lectures to the public, I had a three-hour piece that I would do, I had a six-hour piece that I would do. The purpose was to show people how to do everything on their own, whether they were buying holders or market timers. If they didn't want to do it, then we would do it for them, but I gave them everything to be able to do it on their own. And the ones who who came back multiple times and dug the deepest, and then the ones that I noted that were most committed for the long term were engineers and Daryl Balls. I've known Daryl Balls for decades, and I first knew him because he had attended my workshops a number of times i don't know how many but 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 more than once and 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 the work that we do because it's driven by evidence driven by numbers driven by probabilities not not probabilities that you can count on like the probabilities of gravity working, I mean we're talking about things that are not guaranteed, but we understand the historical probabilities and that lets us look at risk and return and and things that 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 engineering kinds of minds uh like to know and that so I realized there are organizations like I spoke to at Rutgers all over the country i 'm going to figure out how to get to as many of those. As I possibly can, because I know from the response that I got that they get it and they are open to it. Now, let me tell you the downside of that. My wife has many times, with a sense of humor, but also makes a very serious point, and that is that our work is probably destined. Uh, not to help uh, the person who uh, comes from a low-income background, uh, because we know in high school, where are the high schools that have the least exposure uh, to the things about financial literacy? It turns out, in large part, they tend to be in lower-income areas. Those are the people who need it the most. And so my wife has gently chastised me and said all you're really doing is making people who would otherwise be rich get richer well the word rich that's not she doesn't mean filthy rich but but be financially secure and you know something that is true of engineers those people are going to figure out how to do this more than likely without my help on the other hand if i give them a special level of help then i believe that help is going to be extended to others that these young engineers are they're going to share it with people who will in fact uh, hopefully uh, need a little lift up so um, it is probably the engineers are the great the, the best group of teachers that that i can find to help spread whatever information that that we are trying to spread. So if you are participating in Giving Tuesday, uh, boy, do I know there are organizations that really need money. I mean, people are starving, people are in wars, people... Uh, are in parts of the world where they, they don't have enough water to, to grow crops. There are lots of people who need it a lot more than the Merriman Financial Education Foundation. But if it is your nature to spread uh, the the uh, contributions around to different kinds of organizations, I do hope you will consider uh, our foundation uh, because we really are working very hard to help young people. By the way, we're not overlooking the old people. We're working hard right now, planning next year for for new work on the glide path and how to know not only how much you should have in fixed income and how much in equity, but when should that change uh, what what are the smart moves that you can take that will help you have more to spend and more to leave to others? Uh, we're going to be working on that. Uh, we're, we're, we're at the same time as we're working on reaching uh, more college students, high school students. When I'm invited to teach a Zoom class anywhere in the country at at the high school level, I I say yes. Let's figure out when I could do that. So. Uh, It's going to be a great year next year. Uh, I I think that we are going to break records in terms of opens on the articles and the podcasts. And uh, and we're even learning how to do the videos better and and get a, a broader audience there as well. If you are uh, going to be with us this coming year, we hope that you'll make note of the financial literacy series that we do in March and April. I'll be interviewing, uh, I won't be doing Mary Beth Franklin, but but Jim Hopper from the Bainbridge Community Foundation will be uh, working with her. I'll be Working with Rob Berger uh, on uh, what somebody who's 40 to 65 should be doing financially. I'll be doing a piece on 20 to 40, uh, and uh, Christine Benz will be doing a piece for people who are over 65. I'll be doing a piece for the uh, for the Senior Center here on Bainbridge, and we'll have a a, a, a video of that as well, a Zoom. It'll be a Zoom presentation on ESG investing, and we'll be showing what we think is the best combination of ESG funds. Uh, We just got lots of exciting things cooking. I I had promised that we would update our three free books that we wrote back in 2012 uh, that's going to happen next year, not this year. I can promise that. But uh, And then we're going to listen to you because hopefully, um, even if you didn't give money, even if you didn't refer others, uh, even if you didn't pass information along to others, if you told us what's important to you and what you would like us to do to help you, we would certainly do what we can. It was those kinds of requests that led to the establishment of the truth tellers and I am continuing even this week talking to people who I think I know no more than I do about topics uh, that are related to more financial planning not investing our focus is on in, on the investing Part of the process. But there are all sorts of smart people on taxes and smart people on estate planning and all of those, those other important aspects. That is why we have developed the truth tellers and every truth teller uh, will have a page and links to their work. Um, I get up every morning and I read the work of Ben Carlson uh, and and uh, of a common a wealth of common sense, uh, and uh, we we highlight his work, but I I just think for me, uh, at three o'clock in the morning when I get up, oftentimes to be able to open that article that he writes, it just gets me going. It gets me excited, and it's not about about optimism about how great the market is and where to put your money. It is helping me understand the numbers that come along with the investing process. So I want to find more people like like Ben Carlson and George Sisti, and, and, and Christine Benz is a truth teller, John Reckenthaler from Morningstar, he is a truth teller, uh, Rob Berger, oh, there's just a whole bunch of, of people that we're bringing onto our website, website. Uh, we're not... We're not shills for them. Uh, We'll have a link to their site, but these are people we trust because in the long run, you need a lot more information above and beyond investing, and we are doing what we can uh, to to help you find uh, the very best, and sometimes you'll recommend them to us. Uh, and if you know, by the way, we have often been inv- invited to go on a, uh, uh, a, a get on an interview on some website that is dedicated to uh, investor education. And if you rec- tell them you, that you think they should they should interview me, I have gone on those shows because you did that very thing. So. That, too, can be helpful to our organization, and I will tell you, if you're recommending me or Chris Pedersen, I mean, Chris Pedersen, I just just think he does a magnificent uh, uh, um, uh, interview. So this was supposed to be very short. It wasn't. Nothing I do is ever short enough, I think so, but anyway, thank you for your donations in the past. Thank you, for spreading our information to those that uh, that, that can be helped. Uh, we love working for your kids. We love working for your grandkids. And I hope, and my goal is for this organization to be working for your kids and your grandkids long after I am gone. So um, keep up the good work in spreading the word and uh, and let me know what topics you would like us to, to address. Uh, we don't answer every question. Rob Berger and Larry Suedro, I think they answer every question. And uh, I just don't have the time to do every question, but we get to as many as we can. And please, include your phone number. Oftentimes, your question will is a good question, but it's not quite complete. And and rather than start getting into a exchange of emails, I'd just rather pick up the phone and call you and say, I just want to clear something up. I like the question. We'll address the question on our Q&A session. But please, just got a couple questions for you. Please include that telephone number. All the best to you and, and, and your family. I hope you had a wonderful Thanksgiving. I hope you have a great uh, holiday season and... Keep listening, keep watching, and keep helping as you best can. We really appreciate it. Thank you. That was Paul Merriman with Sound Investing. Sound Investing, soundinvesting.com, and paulmerriman.com are produced and exclusively owned by Paul Merriman, who is solely responsible for their content. For more information, free articles, mutual fund recommendations, and more, visit paulmerriman.com.